Good to see you on this nice warm Sunday. Trying to keep it at a nice cool area in here without being too cold. You let us know for not quite getting it there for you. We were expecting the uh, children to be in here the service this morning. They were uh, originally planning to be until about uh, shortly before the service started. Then they went over next door. So there's a lot of things in here that was aimed at having some little kids in there, trying to adjust it for the not having them. So I'll do the best that we can. But anyway, we're going to start off with the world's easiest test. If you want on your outline, you can just write down the answers for these things and see how well you do on the world's easiest test. Here's the first question. How long did the Hundred Year War last? What country makes Panama hats? What is camel's hair brush made from? In what month do Russians celebrate the October Revolution? What was King George VI's first name? What color is a purple finch? Are you writing these down? I don't want you to cheat and tell me later on that you had the, had the right answer when you didn't. What are Chinese gooseberries from? And here's the last one. How long did the 30 years war last? All right. You ready for the answers? You're going to check them? All right. How long did the 100 year war last? Answer. 116 years. From 1337 to 1453. How many got that one right? This is the easiest test. Come on now. What country makes Panama hats? The answer is Ecuador. What is camel's hair brush made from? How many say camel's hair? Squirrel's fur. Now, I'm sure you got this one. In what month do Russians celebrate the October Revolution? October. Uh, November. <laughs> the Russian calendar was 13 days behind ours. What was King George VI's first name? Albert. In 1936, he respected the wish of Queen Victoria that no future king would ever be called Albert. What color is a purple finch? Distinctly crimson. Where are Chinese gooseberries from? The answer would be New Zealand. And how long did the 30 years war last? 30 years. Come on, what's wrong with you We're talking about answers today. Those are some fun answers, aren't they? In the weeks before, we have looked at a number of things that if we continue to do them, they create things going on in our bodies that we don't necessarily like, things that we don't necessarily want. And we find that we are maintaining what we actually want to be rid of. We saw that the accuser of the brethren goes around accusing 
and very often tries to pull us into that same area to become accusers of those that are around us, become accusers of those that are close to us, become accusers of God. Why has God done this? I know why that person did these things. And these accusations begin to build up. And when they do, we saw the bitterness, unforgiveness, wrath, anger. All these things can build up in us and it leaves a bad mark on our bodies. In Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1, you don't even have to look this one up. I'll put it in your outline for you. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. How many did not need to see that written down? You know that one. A soft answer turns away wrath. Very often, though, we do know that, but we're not listening. We know that the Word of God says a soft answer turns away wrath. How often will a soft answer turn away wrath? It doesn't say that, does it? How often should you give a soft answer? It doesn't say that either. It's telling you the results of it. If you go with a harsh word, it will stir up anger. How many you know that you've said something to someone, didn't mean anything by it, and they answered very harshly? What's it do to you? It's, uh, it's not, not too good. There's a particular restaurant that's around here, and apparently the person behind the window is fairly well known. It's not one that I... I get to too much often but I was going through one particular time through the drive-thru picking something up and it was a very unwelcomed response that I got from the person in the drive-thru and so um, I said to somebody I said boy I was going through this uh, drive-thru over here and and uh, boy I tell you what the person they just they weren't very nice and they all knew who it was (laughs) we got to make sure that our answers are, are good answers Take a look at Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18. There is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. There is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword. Do you know people, have people in your life, that when they open up their mouth, you just feel pierced? There is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. Well, if the tongue of the wise promotes health and the tongue of this other one is like a sword, how would we describe that other one? As wise? When our words are like piercing swords, we are not speaking out of wisdom. I put this in the, the ESV. It reads this way. There is one whose rash words are like, like sword thrusts. And the tongue of the wise brings healing. Or but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Psalm 37 verse 8. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. That's pretty clear, isn't it? Is this a command that the Word of God has given us? Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Many times though, Christians, we are embracing wrath. We're not ceasing from anger. And we, we have reason. We think, well, I'm mad because of this. And we, we even relate back some of the things that the accuser has whispered in our ears. Do not fret. It only causes harm. Harm to other people. Harm to yourself. Harm to your body. Harm to your mind. All kinds of harm comes from that. Proverbs 15 Go back there again. Verse 18. A wrathful man stirs up strife, 
But he who is slow to anger always uh, allays contention. But he, he who is slow to anger allays contention. Now you can think about some of the people that are involved in your life. Do you know some people that are very slow to anger? Do you know some people that they're wrathful? Doesn't that hold true what the Word of God here is saying? That a wrathful man stirs up strife by the words that they utter, by the things that they say. But he who is slow to anger allays contention. The ESV puts it this way. A hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger quits or quiets contention. New Living Translation puts it this way. A hot-tempered person starts fights. A cool-tempered person stops them. Well, what side do you want to be on? The one that starts fights or the side that stops them? So how do we use harsh words? Well, when, the, when your spouse, when your boss, when someone comes along and they say something to you and the accuser of the brethren begins to whisper in your ear that this is, they're, they're trying to start a fight, they're trying to start something and it stirs you up on the inside and then you answer with a harsh word. Where does that usually go? Nowhere good. But we can use harsh words. We sometimes use harsh words with people that we love. We sometimes use harsh words with people we don't even know. But we need to have kind words. Kind words for people. This is what we need to to work on. Kind words just do all kinds of good. Now I want you to know I broke out of my pattern recently. And I went into a place that I don't usually go. Yes, I went into Walmart. I went into a very unbusy Walmart at a very unbusy time. In fact, I think I was about the only person in the store outside of the people that were in it. So early this morning, I was down there going through Walmart and I was picking up some things because, again, I thought we were having the kids over here and picking up some things for, for them for the treasure box and probably go through and find some different stuff to put in the treasure box. So I was going on through there. And as I'm going on through, this nice lady, stocking shelves, and she was doing things. And she goes, well, good morning. Happy Father's Day. Can I help you find anything? It's very nice, very chipper. I mean, those kind of words, what do they do to you? I mean, they just make you feel good. We're at Walmart. So I greeted her back very friendly, and she greeted me back again, and, and we just had a, a short little discourse with each other, and I told her I was fine. I was finding what I needed to, to find and appreciated her offering help, and, and I, I went on, and, and she went on, and it was, it was good. Now, how many of y'all know that you don't always have good conversations like that with people in stores? Sometimes, you know, you're going to try and find somebody to help. And so you go in there and you say, can you help me find this? <sighs> and it kind of just changes the way things go. Harsh words, soft words. It's our choice. Other people don't make this choice for you, folks. You do. You can answer. You can speak in soft words. Or you can choose harsh ones. It's really up to you. But the results you want probably will come from soft words, not harsh words. Now, which one's easier to do? 
Is it easier to speak harsh words or is it easier to speak soft words? See, the problem with soft words is it takes some patience. In, in Proverbs chapter 19, verse 11, the discretion of a man makes him slow to anger. The discretion of a man makes him slow to anger and his glory is to overlook a transgression. I pulled this out in a few other translations. The New Living says this, sensible people control their temper. They earn respect by overlooking wrongs. How much better is it, folks, to overlook wrongs instead of pointing them out? A fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. I really enjoyed that one. A fool gives full vent to his spirit. In other words, whatever you feel, you say. Word of God calls calls you a fool if you do that. Just because you feel it doesn't mean you should say it. You ought to hold back on that for a little while. So a harsh word is easier because I can just speak out of my feelings. Whatever it is that I'm feeling, I can just speak it out. And people say, well, I'm honest with people. No, you are a fool. That's what the Bible says. I didn't call you a fool. The Bible did. A fool gives full vent to his spirit. But a wise man quietly holds it back. Which side do you want to be on? Wise or foolish? Now, generally, the people that we know can get under our skin and stir up harsh words. But so can people we don't know. Just think the last time you were driving down the road and somebody pulled out in front of you very abruptly or did something that wasn't so, so good. Some of us were coming back from the wedding yesterday in New Jersey. And I was coming back and Keith and I were talking about the one section of where we come back from on 47 where it's one lane. And it's not so bad when there aren't too many people on the road, but there was two people on the road who were very slow. I mean, it's a 45 mile an hour speed limit for most of that way. And we were not hitting that. And there was no reason why we shouldn't have been. Because I could see up ahead. I could see there's nothing in front of you. You should be moving faster. They were not. They were going 35, 40 maybe. So guess what everybody else was doing? 35, 40. How many of y'all know that can stir up some, some words? We have to make sure that we don't let them... Just doing there. A fool gives full vent to his spirit. See, if you just vent these things out, we say, well, I'm just relieving pressure. No, you're not. You are acting like a fool. And you are creating, in the words of uh, the Italian side of uh, our family, agita. If you don't know Italian, you can figure out what that word means. Agitation, all on the inside. Now you're all agitated. You're all stirred up. That's not good for you. That's not helping you out. Now, this is some of the things that the Bible has to say about soft answers and harsh answers. We should be on the side of soft answers. If I am on the side of soft answers, it cultivates wisdom in my life. If I'm on the side of harsh answers, it cultivates foolishness in my life. You act like a fool and things aren't going to go as well. People aren't going to look at you the way that you want them to look at you. 
because you're acting like a fool. That's what the Bible says. Don't get mad at me. I'll quote um, Brother Keith. Brother Keith says he's been out sometimes ministering. And one place he was, he was ministering, he was, a uh, man met him outside in the parking lot. Thought he was going to take a swing at him. Met him outside the parking lot. And it says, you use the word rich too much. Aggravated me all the times you're using rich. And so he just said to him, he says, well, which Bible verse that I quoted did you like? Because <laughs> every time you use the word rich, it's inside the word of God. And, you know, that would stop most people, but not a fool. They'll just keep on going. Don't be a fool. You live like a fool, you're going to have the results of a fool. So we want the results that the Word of God talks about, which are blessings. But the blessings come upon the righteous. They come upon the wit, the wise. What comes upon the foolish? It's not blessings. See, not all things are just physical. You may maintain some things in your life that you don't want. You say, well, the Word of God says that I am the head and not the tail. Tired of being the tail. I'm supposed to be the head. But you act like a fool. So which end is the fool going to be on? You got to stop acting like the fool. Be like Mr. T. Fool! Mr. T, I don't know what's happening. We were, we were spinning around on TV stations and um, came upon A-Team. I used to love watching the A-Team. I liked every single one on there. Even Mur- Murdoch was probably one of my favorite ones. But I liked all four of them. All four. They were just fun. Mr. T was, was uh, unique. <laughs> Of course, I had a lot of posters of him about being foolish. We need to get out of the area of being a fool. We don't want to be. We don't like to even tell ourselves that we are. But when we act the fool, we will res- receive the results of foolish people. If I act wise, I'll receive the things of wise people. But being wise takes some effort. It means I've got to have some patience. I can't just speak out what I feel. I have to... Pray about it. I have to meditate. I gotta, what's my spirit telling me to do in this situation? Too often we listen to the accuser and we respond. Listen to your spirit. So that's some of the things that the Word of God teaches us about soft answers and wise answers. We want to go over to a story. Not, it's one we don't cover all that often. If you're here on Wednesday nights, we did cover it a few years ago. But over in 1 Kings chapter 12, verse 1, And Rehoboam went to Shechem. For all Israel had gone to Shechem to make him king. So it happened when Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, heard it, he was still in Egypt, for he had fled from the presence of King Solomon and had been dwelling in Egypt, that they sent and called him. Then Jeroboam and the whole assembly of Israel came and spoke to Rehoboam, saying, Your father made our yoke heavy. Now therefore, lighten the burdensome service of your father and his heavy yoke, which he put on us, and we will serve you. So he said to them, Depart for three days, then come back to me. And the people departed. Now, part of the history on this is that Jeroboam had received a prophecy. A certain prophet had come and took a robe and cut it up into 12 pieces and gave him 10. And said, you will have 10 of the tribes of Israel to rule over. And Jeroboam, his uh, heart changed, it seemed, after this. And Solomon picked up that the anointing had, had been put upon him to be a king. And he didn't like that. And so he began to oppress him and, and persecute him. So Jeroboam left town. And he goes over to Egypt. 
until Solomon dies. Solomon dies, he comes back. People call for him. People are aware of this prophecy. If the people are aware of this prophecy, shouldn't Rehoboam be aware of this prophecy as well? Solomon was aware that this man was going to be was a threat to the throne. Do you not think he would have communicated that to his son? So Jeroboam is there in the midst. And they come to Shechem. Shechem is one of the northern cities. And Rehoboam left the capital city where he was to go into Shechem and to meet with these folks. Because he understood there was some, some stress. There was some strife going on between the northern tribes and the southern tribes. And already the division had begun to grow. didn't happen all overnight. It had already started. So he went to, to Shechem and he heard what they said. Your father made our yoke heavy. Now therefore lighten the burdensome service of your father and his heavy yoke which he put on us and we will serve you. Now what he had done was he forced them into, into a building. He had a huge building program. He was building his house. He was building the temple. He was building all kinds of things. He built a summer house. He built a house for the wives. Imagine having, because he had a thousand wives. Or a, what was it, 700 wives and 300 concubines, 1,000 altogether. And so he had a house for some of them and just put the, can you imagine a house full of women married to the same guy? <laughs> Wouldn't you want to be there? <laughs> so in, in all his wisdom, he thought this would be a good idea. And so he built that, that house. And, you know, if you have 1,000 women that's a lot of building program you got just right there. So he had these people build and they, they would come over for a month, two months and they just would serve and build. And they huge taxes to finance all this. A lot of money being spent because he didn't go small on anything he did. Whatever he did, there was gold involved. There was gold on the walls. There was gold on some of the floors even. There was gold on the utensils. There was gold all over. And it wasn't just uh, two-by-fours from Home Depot. They used cedar planks milled in Lebanon and sent over for the building of their, of their things. They were very nice, very nice things that they had and they built. But it took quite a bit of service. And they said, we've been building, we've been building, we've been building, we've been paying for building. And uh, they didn't ask for it to stop. They just said, lighten the load. That was it. Just lighten the load. So imagine it this way. Just, if you had a job, and after you took that job, the, the boss took over, and as he's uh, taking over, your hours went from 40 hours to 50 hours to 60 hours to 70 hours. You were working 75 hours a week. Seven days a week. Ten hours most days. Just work, 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 work. And you know you didn't start off that way. But that's how it's ended up. Seven days a week, you're working every day, all these hours, but your pay never increased. Pay never increased. Always stayed with the same pay. How many of y'all know that's not so good? This is, this is not, not all right. I, uh, the driving job I had, I tell you about it sometimes with the Kelster job, I started off there as a salary employee. And so they paid me a salary for the week to, to, to go out and do all these things. It was supposed to be, you know, the same routes we did each week. And so they just paid me a salary. And that seemed to be good because a whole lot more salary than I was getting before. 
And so we did that for a while. And then after we're going along, they would have a, oh, we have this uh, drop off over here at this. Can you take care of this? Or we have this pickup over here at this place. And so, you know, it'd be 30 minutes over there to pick it up and then 45 minutes or so to, to get the stuff and then back over to, to do it. What's an hour, two hours, three hours, sometimes being added on a route. I wasn't getting paid extra for it. So after this went on for a little while, I did sit him down and says, look, I says, I don't mind doing these extra runs for you, but uh, my salary stays the same. Hey, but if we do this, let's change it over to an hourly rate. And then if you have anything extra for me to do, uh, certainly throw it my way. I'll go out there and, and happily do it. And they said, well, that sounds good. Didn't give me a fight on it at all. And so I went from a salary to an hourly employee. And so if I was working 50 or 60 hours a week, I got paid and I was uh, paid overtime as well. And they never complained about paying the overtime and it was it was good that way. But, you know, you had to, they they didn't come and approach me about it on their own. I had to come and tell them about it. And uh, and they were they were good that way. But what if you had a job and they didn't they didn't do that and you kept getting more and more hours and then a new boss came in. And you went to them and said, look, I don't mind doing the work, even if you want me to do as much work as I have been. But look, I'm still being paid like I'm a 40 hour employee and I'm here 70 hours a week, either lighten the load or increase my pay. That's the kind of situation they were in. They were not saying we don't want to work anymore. We don't want to pay taxes anymore. They're certainly saying the load has been very heavy. And though Solomon has gotten very rich and he has very nice places to live, we're not doing quite as well. Because we keep paying more and more money on, on you know, taxes, went from 10% to 20% to 30% to 40%, whatever the percentage they were, they've gone up because they needed more money. Your father made our yoke heavy. Now therefore, lighten the burdensome service of your father and his heavy yoke, which he put on us, and we will serve you. I mean, it's pretty, pretty straightforward. Just lighten the load a little bit. And we'll serve you. So he said to them, depart for three days, then come back to me. And the people departed. Now, one very unique thing about this is you will notice that Rehoboam is not prepared for this meeting. If they want to have this meeting, don't you think that it would have been a good idea for him to have sent some people and said, what are some of your concerns? What are some of the things you want to talk about so I can be ready for this meeting? He doesn't do it. He just shows up. Just, just shows up there. I mean, think of it this way. If your boss says, I need to have a meeting with you next week, what's the thing that's going to come out of your mouth? What would you like to meet about? What kind of preparations should I do for this meeting? So when you come on in, you are prepared. Because if you come into the meeting and the boss says, what is the reports on such and such? Uh, I, didn't, I didn't know you wanted those. I didn't bring them with me. Well, all right. What are the reports over on here? How is this going over here? I, I didn't bring that information with me. And if you come in unprepared, you don't feel very good about it, do you? But Rehoboam, this goes to his personality, shows up at this meeting, travels to the meeting, shows up at the meeting, and doesn't prepare himself for the meeting. Doesn't know what they want to talk about. And then they come and they approach him with this. Lighten the load. Lighten the load. He says, come back to me in three days. Three days. Now, if you were with your boss and he asked you for certain reports and you didn't have them and you said, I'll come back to you in three days with them. How many of your bosses are okay with that? Nobody? 
We're not, not too happy with that. Three days is, is not going to work. No, what, what's he expecting you to do? Go back to your office. Come back in an hour. I mean, we're, we should have these things. This is your job. You should, be, you should be having these things. This is his job to make these kind of decisions. He wants to take over the throne. So what they're saying is, lighten the load a little bit. Depart from me for three days. Then the king Rehoboam consulted the elders who stood before his father Solomon while he still lived. And he said, How do you advise me to answer these people? And they spoke to him saying, If you will be a servant to these people today and, <clears throat> and serve them and, an ans- and answer them and speak good words to them, then they will be your servants forever. In essence, this is what they're saying. Give them a soft answer. Isn't that right? If you will be a servant to these people today and serve them and answer them and speak good words to them, then they will be your servants forever. That doesn't sound too, uh, too hard to do, but he probably didn't like that, up, that part that said, be a servant to them. I don't want to be a servant. I'm the king. I'm the king. Be a servant to them? But he rejected the advice which the elders had given him and consulted the young people who had grown up with him who stood before him. He hears this and he rejects it. Sends it off. Just rejects it. I put in your outline this. Some people can't recognize wisdom and some just reject it. Some people can't recognize wisdom and some people just reject it. They heard it. They can hear the wisdom in it, but they reject it. No, no. I reject that. That's, that's not... That's not good. He wants to hear something else. He doesn't hear something else and then reject it. He hears what they had to say and rejects it. And he said to them, What advice do you give me? Talking to the young man you've grown up with. How should we answer this people? Now look at how he asked the, the question to the older Advisors, how in verse uh, six, how do you advise me to answer these people? How do you advise me to answer these people? Now, look at how he asked this one. What advice do you give? How should we answer this people who have spoken to me saying? Doesn't it sound a little bit different? You see which one he's connecting with. They said, lighten the load Lighten the yoke which your father put on us. Then the young men who had grown up with him spoke to him saying, Thus you should speak to this people who have spoken to you saying, Your father made our yoke heavy, but you make it lighter on us. Thus you should say to them, My little finger shall be thicker than my father's waist. And now, whereas my father put a heavy yoke on you, I will add to your yoke. My father chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scorpions or scourges. Now, most of us can tell of the two answers, is this answer a soft answer or is this answer a harsh answer? And what's the Bible say about someone who gives a harsh answer? They're a fool. Now, the, fool also, the Bible also says that the fool is one who speaks out of his feelings right away. He doesn't wait. He speaks out of his feelings right away. But what's Rehoboam doing? He's waited a few days. Before he spoke out of his feelings. So he's an even greater fool. 
because he acted patiently and then spoke foolishly. He said, I'll wait, I'm going to wait for three days on this. We're going to consult some people, find out some things. He consulted them. My little fingers shall be thicker than my father's waist. And now whereas my father put a heavy yoke on you, I will add to your yoke. My father chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scourges. So what's he think? That these people who are disgruntled with the leadership of Solomon, disgruntled with some of the things that are going on, that if he comes to them and says, we're going to do even more stuff. We're going to make it even harder for you. How does he expect them to react? And he gives them a harsh answer. Verse 12, So Jeroboam and all the people came to Rehoboam the third day as the king had directed, saying, Come back to me the third day. And the king answered the people roughly and rejected the advice which the elders had given him. And he spoke to them according to the advice of the young man, saying, My father made your yoke heavy, but I will add to you your yoke. My father chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scourges. So the king did not listen to the people, for the turn of events was from the Lord, that he might fulfill his word, which the Lord had spoken by Ahijah, the Shilonite, to Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. So he spoke to him, speaks to him very harshly. He rejects the words, the soft words, that the wise elders had said. And he accepts the harsh words that the people he grew up with. And he spoke them out. Now, you don't need a whole lot of training. You don't need to go to king's school to find out any of these things. If you have people that are disgruntled with the amount of taxes, the amount of work that they're putting out, and you come to them and say, I'm going to increase taxes and I'm going to increase your workload. What's going to happen? If a politician ran on the basis that we are going to increase taxes from 30% to 40%, we're going to do everything we can to cut down on the labor force so that there's less jobs in this country. And we're going to make everything that you buy more expensive. If they campaigned on that, some politicians have done that, but if they campaigned on it, what would happen? They'd be gone. Nobody would go for it. So they don't campaign on this. He's campaigning on, I'm going to make life really hard for you. Vote for me. And they decided not to vote for him. And they kicked him out. They said, get out of here. We're not going to, we're not going to come under you. I see, we, we often act like a fool and wonder why we're getting bad stuff back. But I'm blessed of God. I'm supposed to have this. I'm supposed to have health. I'm supposed to have wisdom. I'm supposed to have favor. I'm, and we speak all these things that the Word of God says that we have, but we act like a fool. We've got to stop acting foolishly, folks. Start acting like, like the wise people that the Word of God says we are and empowers us to be. Stop Speaking out of your feelings. Stop answering people harshly because of what, it's what came in to your head first. Be patient. Sit back. Think of what is a soft answer that I can give here. How can I diffuse this situation? And if we do that, things will go better. Things will go better with you with the relationship you have with that person that you're having harsh words with. 
just you can just think of it this way. You go into a restaurant. You want to enjoy a good meal. And maybe you're sitting next to a table, because certainly no one here in the church here, no, no one here would do this. But the person next to you might do this, and they start abusing the waiter or the waitress. I told you I didn't want it done this way. Now send it back. I asked for it, and, you, and you're very harsh with them. Now sometimes I make mistakes, and I'm not saying you can't point it out, but there's a nice way to point it out, and there's a nasty way to point it out, right? And you point it out in a nasty way. And, waitress, my cup has been dry for a long time. When are you going to come and refill these things? Now, what I don't understand is, why do people speak this way to people who are unsupervised with your food? You don't know what they do with your food when it's not present. What if they, you know, we've seen in the in the TV shows and the movies and stuff, you know, they go out there and they uh, mix stuff in it that they probably wouldn't like and <laughs> that's not good. No, treat them people nice. They are dealing with your food. We want that food to come, come nicely. People who offer you a service, folks, treat them nice. Well, they don't deserve it, so... Give them a soft answer. Find out what's going on. You will find out that you get a whole lot better service. A whole lot better food. You know, we, we, all, we go out to um, Famous Days. Whenever we go out to Famous Days, you know, we go out there with the, the guys every year. And whenever we go any other time, I make it a point to be exceptionally kind to whoever it is that is putting us at the table. Because I know before the before the order is given, I am going to make a special request of them. I always do it every time we go to Dave's. And I always say, can I have extra cornbread? And see, if I'm nice to them, I'm getting them ready for my request. I'm going to ask them for extra cornbread. Why? Because I love their cornbread. So I'm going to ask them for some more. So if I'm nasty to them, if I'm harsh to them, what are they, what are they going to say? No. No. But I'm always nice to them. You know what they always say? Well, sure. And they grabbed two. I've even sometimes said, look, instead of a second side dish, can I just have extra cornbread? Oh, we'll bring you extra cornbread anyway. What else do you want for a side dish? So I get two, three extra pieces of cornbread and I can still have my mashed potatoes. You didn't think I was going to say green beans, did you? Being soft, soft answers, folks. These are good. If we get that kind of results with the wait staff at a restaurant, how much more with our spouses? How much more with our friends, our coworkers, and our bosses? Soft answers, not harsh. Soft answers. Well, they don't deserve a soft answer. They were nasty to me. Pull up our text verse again. Proverbs 15. Look at this verse again. 15.1 A soft answer turns away wrath. That means when that person in your life speaks things that are wrathful, how should you answer? With a soft 
Answer, because a soft answer turns away wrath. But a harsh word stirs up anger. Now, if you are already speaking to somebody whose anger is stirred up, you're going to stir it up even more. We don't want to do that. We don't need to stir up anger in, in people. Soft answers. You see, if I give a soft answer and I diffuse the situation, then that person does better. I do better. <laughs> Glory to God. I can do better because on the inside I'm not in turmoil. And I'm walking in wisdom instead of foolishness. And if I walk in wisdom, I can get the results of those who walk in wisdom. If I walk in foolishness, I'll get the results of those who walk as a fool. I don't be doing that sort of thing. How should we answer? Soft answers. We've got to keep telling ourselves in, in, in the mirror that soft answers. And we all do well. We're going to go out here and we're going to soft answers. Soft answers. And then someone's going to say something, get you all riled up, and what are you going to do? My father beat you with whips. Who wants to serve under a king who's talking about how he's going to beat you? This is not good. A soft answer turns away wrath. That means that wrath is coming at you. And the soft answer turns it away. It turns it away. Now when all, verse 16, Now when all Israel saw that the king did not listen to them, did not listen to them. What happens to you when someone doesn't seem to be listening to you? What's it do for you on the inside? You get you a little angry? Get you a little bit? You're not listening to me. You're not hearing what I'm saying. I didn't say that this is what I wanted. I said I wanted this. And you go into a restaurant and you specifically say, I want a Diet Coke. And they specifically bring a regular Coke. Now, if, you are enjoy, if you're used to enjoying Diet Coke and you take a swig of regular Coke, oh, it's almost as bad as someone who wants regular Coke and got diet. It's not what you were, not what you were ready for. You're expecting something else. And here comes this. When all the Israel saw the king did not listen to them. They weren't listening. The people answered the king saying, What share have we in David? We have no inheritance in the son of Jesse. To your tents, O Israel. Now see to your own house, O David. So Israel departed to their tents. They left. They left. You're not listening to us. You're not hearing us. So we're out of here. What did the old wise people say? Answer them softly and they will serve you forever. Well, if you just listen to what the old folks, the old wise people said, answer them softly and they will serve you forever. Then if you answer them harshly, how long are they going to serve you? Probably the harsher that you answer them, the shorter that time is going to be. How, how long did they serve Rehoboam? About as short a time as you could. That's it. We're done with you. Get out of here. 
You have got to watch. This is what the Word of God says. Stop with the harsh answers, no matter who they are. A soft answer turns away wrath. But harsh answers stir it up. This does not give you the license to have your anger stirred up because somebody answered you harshly. Well, the Word of God says. It says right there in the Word of God, a harsh answer stirs up wrath. So they stirred up my wrath. It's their fault. No. You're still responsible to be wise and not to be a fool. A wise person doesn't just speak what they feel. If you speak what you feel, you will create conditions in your body and in your spirit that will bring results that you do not like. You've got to get rid of some of those things. What kind of results do you want to have? What kind of results do you want to have in your relationships that are around you? Be wise. If you act wise, continually keep acting wise, how are people going to, they're going to look at you and think, wow, this, there's just something about this person. We, we, we like, I like being around this person. Do you have people around that just don't answer people harshly? You like being around that. People that answer people harshly, you don't want to be around that. Be one of the ones that people want to be around. That's the better, better way to be. These guys say, we have no dealings with this. We don't need to be here. But Rehoboam reigned over the children of Israel who dwelt in the cities of Judah. And the king, then King Rehoboam sent Adoram, who was in charge of the revenue. But all Israel stoned him with stones, and he died. So, now picture this. He comes in, he answers them harshly, and they say, we're not going to serve you. So he pulls up this guy who's the treasurer, and he says, go collect money. He basically takes the head of the IRS and he sends them out there. I'm here to collect your taxes. We just had this encounter and he just said, I'm going to make, you think my dad was tough? I'm going to be tougher. Here to collect your taxes. But all Israel stoned him with stones. Now how wise is the person who is head of the IRS after this encounter, and he says his first response is, go collect money. That's his first response. First action to do after they said, we're not going to deal with you anymore. First thing he does is, go collect money. And they said, not just no. <laughs> That's a big no. Mm-mm. Kill the man. Therefore, King Rehoboam mounted his chariot in haste to flee to Jerusalem. He hasn't even left town yet. And he sends the IRS guy to collect some money. So Israel has been in rebellion against the house of David to this day. Now how many of you think it is not a wise idea to try and collect money from people who just rejected you as being king? How many also know it's not a wise idea to stay in town which is a foreign town from where you used to be in. You're not usually in Shechem. You're usually in you know, in Jerusalem. That's where all your stuff is, all your protection. And here you are in Shechem. And you send out the IRS guy while you're still there. That's not, not wise. Why is he behaving this way? Because when you speak as a fool, you act like a fool. If you speak like a fool, you will act like a fool. You may not want to act like a fool. But if you keep speaking like a fool, you will act like a fool. And people will pick up. They act like a fool. And you keep acting like a fool, people 
will will look down upon you. They won't act. They won't treat you the same way. Stop acting like a fool. Be wise. Soft answers, not harsh answers. You should do this all the time. Get it to be. It's a habit. It's a practice that you do. I'll tell you, it'll, it'll, it'll change some things. It will change some things. How many of you over the course of this series have changed some things in your life? You bring in other, other practices, other, other habits. Appreciate both of you have done that. Okay, no, there's a few more of them. Have you seen some good changes? Good changes? And you've got to keep them up. Don't just do it for a little while. Keep it, keep it up. Keep it going. And you know, we can all, some of our changes are physical changes. Some of our changes are spiritual changes. They can be all kinds of changes. It might be a change in your diet, change in your exercise, change in, in what it is you're, you're doing. So, somehow you're seeing results. These are things that you're supposed to do. One of the changes I did was um, every, every time before I go and run, nearly every time, not every time, I do uh, a, a number of burpees. Anybody know what a burpee is? Yeah, I do 60 burpees before I go out and run. Burpee is, is a, just a, uh, an intense type of an exercise that kind of works the entire body in a very short period of time. And so I was, I've been doing these, these burpees every time I get ready to run. I go out and I do 60 burpees, and then I go out and I, and I do the run. And I'm noticing it's doing some changing. I like the changes. These are good. It's supposed to be there to strengthen strengthen certain muscles and, and, and help certain things and it has, has done so. But, you know, after you start to see the changes and you I like this, it, the tendency can be, well, you know, I don't know if I have to do it today. Maybe I can just take today off. Kind of tight on time. Don't take time off from being soft words. Soft words are important. You need to be thinking all the time, soft answers, soft words. How can I diffuse the situation? Don't add a spark to it. Bring in soft words in your home, in your neighborhood, in your job, wherever it is that you go. If you go to the bank, if you go wherever it is that you go to, go in and speak soft words. Soft words. Help the people. People, when they see you pull up in the drive-thru, when they see you pull up at the, the register, they say, oh, how are you doing? And immediately they'll come out with soft words because you have been a person of soft words. You've been a person of kind words. You've been a person who's been friendly to them. And they're going to respond the same way. And if you come out of a store and you feel good about the interaction you had with the people in the store, even if the store is Walmart, (laughs) you you go off from there and you feel better about yourself. And if you feel better about yourself there, then when you come home and you see your spouse, you're feeling better, you speak out of that feeling better. And that changes things there. Now, I'm sure no one here has done it, but maybe you've known people that have answered someone harshly, not because that person did anything wrong, but because someone before them did something wrong. Someone before them spoke in the wrong way. Sometimes we, we see that and say, oh, who stepped on your shoes? But don't do it. You are under, it's, it's under your power. You can do this thing. Soft words. 
soft words. If your kids were here, we would have been having them do a whole lot of things on this area of soft words. So when they went home, they'd be emphasizing, emphasizing soft words. Soft words. Not harsh words. Soft words. Because we want to be wise, not fools. Be wise. If you bring out harsh words, you are acting the fool and you will receive a fool's reward. Nothing worse to God. Well, it might be a few things worse to God. But people that go around this earth quoting the blessings of God to come upon them and acting the fool. It's not going to happen. Cannot continue to act a fool. Here's a verse for you. Proverbs 16, verse 32. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. That's, a, that's quite a verse there, isn't it? He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. Now here's a question. How slow to anger can you get? That's a challenge for y'all. How slow to anger can you get? Try and slow it down. Get there real slow. Devil, you're not going to get me that, that place of anger? No, 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 no. I'm not going there. Real, 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 real slow. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he who rules his spirit than he who takes a, a city. Remember before it called the person a fool? Who just speaks what's in the spirit? Speaking just what comes in your, your feelings? Just speaks it out? Rule your spirit. Rule it. Just because you feel something doesn't mean you need to speak it out. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he who rules his spirit than he who takes the city. So what if you took a city and now you rule over the city? The word of God is saying, if you rule your spirit, you're better. You are better if you can rule your spirit. Just because those feelings come in doesn't mean that they dictate what you will say and what you will do. Remember this, when you, when you go home, remember this. If I speak as a fool, I will receive a fool's reward. If I speak as a wise, I will receive a wise man's reward. Speak wisdom. If you want to receive the rewards of wisdom, then speak it. If you want to receive the, world, the words of a fool, the words of a fool can keep speaking the words of the foolish. What are you going to do? How are you going to speak? Here's the things we put in here for your, your end. Most of your blanks are right here at the end. You can fill these in. Why should you do this? First off, should you do this? Should you speak soft words because of what you want? Well, I want cornbread, so I'm going to speak kind words. <laughs> it's all right if you want something too, but that can't be your only motivation. That's not going to last for too long. Because of what we want others to do? Something I want, what I want other people to do for me? That's not a good way either. How about to show how good and nice you are? I'm going to show everybody how good and nice I am. I'm going to speak softly. That's not a good way either. The reason that we should do this is because of who you are. You should become a person of soft words. 
Not a person who just speaks soft words, but a person who is soft words. You should become a wise person. Because a wise person speaks words that are soft. Now, there are times that harsh words are necessary. I understand that. Jesus sometimes had harsh words, but he came in with soft. Come in with soft words. If they're not getting it, if they're not getting the message, there are times when harsher words are, are needed. If the child is running out into the street and the cars are coming, a soft answer may not be the best thing at that point. You have to get their attention. But, of course, those things are different. We're talking about being nasty, being harsh, being rude, speaking in ways, not believing the best of others, things like that. But do it because of who you are. If we become better, our words will also, and we will do great things. If you become better, your words will also, and you will do great things. Be a wise person. Be a person of wisdom. Be a person who speaks words of wisdom. Be a person who receives the rewards of a wise person because you speak words of wisdom. These are good rewards for you to get. These are good things to have. And you can confess and confess and confess all you want to that the word of God is going to come true, that this blessing is going to come your way and this blessing is going to come your way. But if you act like a fool, you are going to get a fool's reward. If you act wise, you will receive the blessings of a wise person. You can't change that. That's in the Word of God. So the best thing to do is become wise. Do what the Word of God has said to become wise. We only touched on a little bit what the Word of God says on how to become wise. We've uh, certainly covered it a lot more other times. You can look up some of those verses on your own too. But if you just follow these verses that are here, now, we've, over the last couple of weeks, we've given you some things to do. We told you before, get rid of the, the anger. Get rid of the anger. Walk in love. We told you, get rid of the bitterness. Don't, don't let that bitterness build up on the inside. There's things that we need to, to get out and things we need to put in. And if we walk in those ways, we will see changes in our body, changes in our mind, changes in our spirit. Some of the things that we want, to, we want to see go on will go on if we will make these changes. But those changes are up to you. Will you do it? Will you walk according to the way that the Word of God has spoken? Or do you just want to confess the end result? Well, the Word of God says that I have this, that I will get this, that God will bless me, that God will do this. But we're not going to go along and do with the, word, the things the Word of God says to do. Can't do that. If I want to have the rewards of a wise person, then I need to walk as a wise person. I need to talk like a wise person. I need to think like a wise person. If I begin to do this, if I walk like one, talk like one, think like one, guess what? I become a wise person. If I walk like a fool, talk like a fool, think like a fool, I will act like a fool. It's going to be real hard to, to change that. You know, your cars that are, that are outside on the lot. If you bought a Ford, 
No matter what you do, you can take all the Mercedes stuff in the world and cover the entire inside with Mercedes seat covers and Mercedes keychains. And you can get a Mercedes gas lock for your, for your uh, fuel tank. And you can put Mercedes bumper stickers all over it. But what is it? It's still a Ford. It's still a Ford. The Bible's not about putting bumper stickers and emblems on you to change you into a wise person. It's about changing you. And that you are a wise person. Would you all stand up with me? Father, in the course of the days that are to come, we're going to be confronted with situations where we can either answer someone softly or answer them harshly. We can answer them because of things that have gone on in the past. Or we can answer them according to your word. We can answer them based upon how they have spoken to us. Or we can answer them based on how you have spoken to us. Father, we want to be wise people. And wise people do the things that are in your word. Thank you that you always are there to give us help. Soft words are not nearly as fun to our flesh as the harsh words. Rehoboam didn't like the sound of the soft words, but he liked the sounds of the harsh ones. And even though in the end it was going to hurt him, he still spoke them. Sometimes we do the same. Help us, Father, to keep in mind your word and how important it is that we stay in the area of the soft answers, not the harsh ones. That we turn away wrath instead of bringing it on to us. I thank you for the help that you give us. We are changing the things that are going on in our life, in our physical bodies, in our minds, in our spirit. We're changing the results that we get. I thank you for it and give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. Well, we have a couple of praise reports I saw. See three, unless other people are writing something down. Ethel says, "Thanking God for the folks here. <clears throat> You're the, oh, uh, for the help taking care of Car- Carter last week. Allowed me to enjoy the salt meeting. Also, I enjoy being able to laugh and have fellowship. That I was sitting with." Last Sunday, I will always get a laugh about a cartwheel. Daryl, I took my pressure washer to the mechanic. Not only, this, this is okay. I took my pressure washer to the mechanic. Not only did he fix it, while I waited, he did not charge me for the work. Praise God. <laughs> Thanking God for a successful. Oh, this is Victor. Thanking God for a successful completion of one academic year. Yay. <laughs> Thanking God for another birthday celebration. Thanking the church for the birthday gifts and messages. 
All right. Birthday for Victor. Birthday for Bobby. Bobby turned 80, I heard, here, and he's all done with his uh, treatments. Thank God for that. They are they are good things. Let's see if there was a... And, and uh, Chelsea turned this in for Nick. Nick needs prayer to know from God whether or not he should take a job in North Carolina at UNC. He must give his decision by tomorrow and is feeling uneasy. All right, let's all stand up. Glory to God. Father, I thank you that you have indeed spoken to Nick about his situation that he has indeed already heard. And I thank you, Father, that he has ears to hear and to acknowledge the things that you have spoken and to do them. We thank you for it, Father. I thank you that when we ask for wisdom, you always give it. We give you the praise and the glory for that. This week, Father, we're going to go out. You have called us to make a difference. We come here together and we hear your word. We hear what your spirit speaks to us. You educate us. You train us. You teach us to go out and make a difference. For many in the world that we encounter are in darkness. The word of God says that if the light that is in them is darkness, how great is that darkness. But Father, we are bearers of light. And we can make a difference in every life that we connect with. When we come together here on Sundays and you speak words to us from your word. And we listen to your spirit as you open up our eyes to see. It's not just for us. We're here to enlighten others and to change their life. And I thank you, Father, that we are making a difference with those that are around us. We give you the praise and the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. No service on Wednesday night this week, folks. Uh, we already told everybody who usually comes out on Wednesday, but just in case anybody was going to make a surprise appearance. There is no service this Wednesday. We're gearing up for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday with Philip and Noel. They will be here Thursday and Friday at 7.30, Saturday 6 o'clock, and then Sunday at 10, and then final service at 6 o'clock on Sunday night. You may not be able to make all the services. If you can, love to see you here for all of them, but make the ones that you can. These, uh, draw off of these, these folks. Draw off the anointing that's on them. They're going to have some, some things that God will do through them, and they don't know all your situations. God can speak very clearly to them, to, uh, for them to speak to you about, well, they don't know what I'm going through. And we aren't going to educate them. We aren't going to tell them anything. We, don't, we, don't think, uh, we let God do that. So come on out expecting for God to move through them and for the things that they teach and for the things that they do. We're looking forward to, to these. Bring some people that you know. Invite them to come on out. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Four nights of services. And, of course, Sunday morning service we have as well. So the next two Wednesdays, this Wednesday and the following Wednesday, we're not going to have service. We're gearing all up just for the, the um, special services here. Free up the rest of your schedule there. This is, uh, this is important for us to be part of. So come on out here for that. And this is an unusual Sunday. This is the first Sunday I can think of in a long while. I don't have anything else to do after the service. I'm getting ready. I think I only have one thing to get ready for today. <laughs> that was unusual. <laughs> so uh, nothing's going on after the service today. We usually have Daddy Dog Day on Father's Day, but instead we're doing it next Sunday, and we'll, we'll have, it, have it then. So plan on sticking around next Sunday. And Philip and Noel will be here too. Give them a chance to be able to rotate around. Sometimes we go out to a restaurant, and just the people that are sitting near them can get a chance to interact with them and talk with them. So this will give us, everybody can kind of float around and, Rotate around, get some chance to talk with them on a 
informal basis. So that's going to go on, on there. On the um, on the rest of the nights, if we uh, are able, and uh, these guys are usually pretty open to it. So if we are able to get a time and we all go out to a restaurant, it's probably going to be Friday night because we're not coming out here early on on um, Saturday. Saturday night won't work out so well because we're probably going to get them back to the hotel because they have to get back and get ready and get them back here for Sunday morning. And uh, Thursday night, well, people have work to get to. So we're probably shooting for Friday night, and of course they'll be here for Daddy Dog Day, so we'll have lots of interaction there. So we'll pr- shoot for those two two times to be together. The other ones will probably just get them something quickly so that they can uh, get them back and get ready for whatever's coming up on the next day. So um, plan on that Friday Friday night, and then, of course, Daddy Dog Day on on Sunday. Have a good rest of the week. Enjoy the things you're going to be doing on Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to you all. And we will see you all on Thursday night.